Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today we're going to talk about finding your direction with purpose and passion. I am joined by Zach Ballinger. He has written a book, Don't Be a Zombie, Finding That Career You Love. 70% of Americans hate their jobs, so we're going to talk to him about why he thinks that's the case, about his book, and how to cure that hating your job. So Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Why don't you start off by giving the audience a little bit of background about yourself, maybe where you're from and anything else you would like them to know? Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm right here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a motivational speaker, author, and fellow podcaster. I host the podcast show, The Zap Ballinger Show where our vision's really to create a career library of occupations and jobs throughout North America to shine a light on things. You know, as I've gone over the United States, speaking to different colleges and high schools, people don't realize what kind of careers are out there a lot of the times. They don't realize what a consultant is or what an artist does or a graphic designer or architect. And so we're putting that get together that library right now. Uh, Like you mentioned, I just launched a book, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. That launched in November, really a platform to help people find work they love. I've been motivational speaking since about 2015 on job interviewing and curveball. As I went across the United States, teaching people on job interviewing, people weren't asking job interviewing questions at these workshops. They were asking, hey, I'm in a line of work I don't like, or I'm not satisfied with my career or feel like I'm stuck, can you help me with that kind of advice? And so that's what led to my next chapter, my journey in this new book. Well, what made you even get into the things you got into before your book, you know, speaking to colleges and even talking about job interviewing? Yeah, for me, it started with failure. You know, when I got out of college, I really didn't know anything about job interviewing. And they don't teach us a lot of times that career development angle. And sometimes we don't do it as a student. I'll, you know, freely admit I didn't visit any career service center or do anything like that. I just went out there and started job interviewing. And it it took me about 250 interviews with over 50 companies. I failed it that many before I actually got my job outside of college. And then, you know, I was in the industry, in the pharmaceutical industry, and I started working there and I began to get questions about job interview. What can I do better? What can I do this? And I thought, well, maybe the best thing I can do is set a goal for myself to write a book and help people along that journey. I know a lot of us get nervous during job interviews or we're not sure where it's trending. And so the book kind of started off my speaking career and speaking has always been my passion. I enjoy platform skills. I enjoyed giving presentations at corporate America, but I never knew that was anything to be good at. I always just thought everybody kind of can give a presentation. And so really the, the content from the book, um, 
the hot seat, how to meet the challenge of a new era in job interview and launch my speaking career into where I can talk to professionals and students about different career development topics, such as networking, such as job interviewing. And like I said, such as self-discovery of finding that job that you really do enjoy. Well, let's talk about some job interviewing tips that you've learned over the years and also talk about how important networking is when you're job interviewing and, and even doing your career. Yeah, networking is the key. And that's what I keep telling people over and over, you know, the famous career author and coach in North America, Ken Coleman says a resume without a relationship is dead. And it's so true. What that means is you have to have a contact or somebody at that company, a lot of times that can vouch for your character and your skills in order to get your resume to the top of the pile. You know, if you're you, you look at jobs as incomes go up, the competition goes up. So as you can probably realize, there's probably sometimes 200 or 250 job applicants for one position. And so uh, an average hiring manager in North America looks at your resume six seconds. So how do you get your resume to the top? Well, a lot of that's about networking and having that key contact in a company. So let's say you wanted to be a software programmer at IBM. Well, the best place to start would be somebody in the industry, somebody at that company. And all this can be done via LinkedIn. You know, when I grew up, we didn't have these type of things. You had to do it in person or face-to-face or show up at corporations or stand outside the doors and, and network with the people that way or go to events. But now everything's done virtual. COVID's had a, you know, a little bit of help as far as the virtual community. So everything's used to, people are used to networking online now. So it's actually a great opportunity to really grow your network in your social media platforms, especially if you're a professional and, and LinkedIn is the great tool to do that. And then I say the, the biggest thing about job interviewing is practice, practice, practice. And it sounds so cliche, but, you know, on sitting on the other side where I'm actually interviewing candidates, people keep repeating bad answers and they don't even realize that they're repeating bad answers. And how do you know if an answer is bad? They haven't really practiced with a professional. And so if you mock interview with somebody that you know, or, you know, if you're a college student at a career service center, or maybe you're a professional that needs to hire a career coach. And they can guide you through these interview processes. And just think, if you're ready and you're practiced and prepared with somebody you know or a professional or a coach, think about what's going to happen in that job interview. The last tip I would give is the great thing about job interviews, you should know what they're going to ask you. So, you know, in my book, I lay out the commonly asked questions. You can even Google the commonly asked questions. Tell me about yourself. What's some of your weaknesses? A lot of employers ask star format questions that are based on themes, whether leadership or communication, customer service, and have examples ready to go where you can give these employers. I, I think employers sometimes are at a disadvantage because we already know the questions. It's like a college student or a high school student going into a test. We already have the questions that they're going to ask us. So let's be prepared in those answers that we're able to give to the hiring manager. You know, some job interviews are tougher than others. So what industries and jobs or careers do you think have the toughest interview question? Government interviews are pretty tough. You have to do it with a panel. 
Yeah, you know, different industries are different. I think, um, you know, where you have to do a math problem or anything like that, because I'm not good at math, you know, like an engineering, a lot of times those particular job interviews, you'll actually have to share your screen and work through a problem. So I think that can be challenging to people that, that do it or other times, you know, some certain industries, um, they make you do a presentation beforehand, or if you're going into a, maybe a sales profession that's tough to get into, they might have you do a practice sales call. Hey, sell me this pen. You know, I think a lot of the job interviews, if you look at it, the, the toughest interviews are going to be the, some of the, the interviews on the high paying scales where you're competing against many, many candidates. So right now, you know, the hot job on the market is a software developer. You can go down the street and you can go to most companies and you can get a software development job. But if you go to, for an example, a career that's kind of scarce or, you know, there's less people in it, say you want to be a detective for the, for the state, there's rigorous interviewing. They're going to be interviewing on your aptitude test, on your skill test. So there's a lot of different fields that are, are tougher. I think that's a great question. A lot of uh, your doctor interviews, a lot of college students are coming out and they're competing to get into med school. And so those interviews are often big panels, uh, six or seven faculty members that are asking you questions. Those can get kind of nerve wracking. And if they only accept a certain amount of medical students for college, obviously you're going to have to really do well and that's going to be a tougher interview. So I think to answer your question, the higher the income and the less the less jobs out there in that particular field, it's going to be definitely a harder, harder push. So even for a CEO level, you think about this, the C-level suite executives. Well, there's not many big companies that have a CEO. <laughs> I mean, there's one. And so, you know, if you're going around and you're interviewing at different companies to be a chief executive officer, obviously those are going to be very rigorous, rigorous interviews as well. What's the main reason do you believe that people who are going on job interviews fail or why they might not get the job once they get the interview? Such a great question. You know, I think sometimes let's step back from what you just asked is sometimes it's not the candidate's fault. And, and a lot of times it's not. For example, they may already have an internal candidate that, hey, is right up. They've worked. They've done right the right thing for 10 years. They're ready for that new position. And by state law, the company has to post that job. And so you may get beat out by an internal candidate. And while that's tough to hear, that does happen. Or it may come down to you have two really great candidates. You may be the really good one, too. And just something little set you apart. It might be a fit on a team, honestly. Like maybe you're more, you're, you don't have the skills, maybe presentation skills or something that's simple. So it, it, don't blame yourself at first. And I think another thing is if, if it is people's fault, it's because they're not prepared enough. And so I've seen that happen too, where I wish I could have given feedback at times. And sometimes corporate America doesn't let you do that because of the HR laws and everything, but there's certain habits and things that people do. And I think a lot of it comes down to being prepared. And, and if you're able to practice and verbalize these things, a lot of it comes out different. I always tell people this sounds cheesy, but with your interview questions, you can even verbalize it in front of a mirror. And, you know, that may be awkward and everything, but 
I'd even say record those answers on the phone, play it back to yourself and see, hey, does this sound any good? And again, work with professionals, but I don't think there's any one holy grail thing that really prevents it. I think a lot of times there's just a stiff competition in the job market and sometimes you lose out and that's okay. But what we got to learn to do is to take those key connections. And that's why I say never burn a bridge with a hire manager interviewing with. I have a story where I was in, in pharmaceutical sales and I was trying to get in and, and they didn't hire me the first job post, but he said, you came in second. And so I, another position opened a, a couple of years later. He didn't end up hiring me, uh, was pretty devastated, but I didn't get my, mad. I didn't lose my cool. I kept network with them. Every three or four months, I would follow up and bam, a third position opened and he hired me right away. So, you know, keep at it, use grit, tenacity, don't give up. You talked about being prepared other than doing a mock interview or doing your questions in the mirror. What other tips would you give interviewers to be prepared for an interview? Yeah. So what's the big trend right now in interviews is a virtual setting. And a lot of them ask behavioral questions. So they want to know how you would behave in a certain situation. And those questions are called situational uh, questions or behavioral. And there's a way to answer those questions. And it's called star format. And that situation task, action, result. And if I gave you an example so, for example, uh, in a job interview, they may say, well, tell me about a time you had to deal with a difficult customer. And so they want to know your communication skills, your sales skills, your people skills. And so have these answers ready to go in a star format. So star situation. What is it you are asked to do? The task. What, are you, what did you personally do in that situation that changed the A, the action? The action is what actually happened and what you did in that situation. And then the result, make sure the result's something positive. So if I were to verbalize something with you where they said, name a time you've had to deal with a difficult customer, something might look like this. Yeah, a customer called, they were angry, they were didn't get their order in time. He threatened to pull all the business. He was one of our top customers in the company. Uh, I talked to my supervisor. I calmed him down. I sent a, an apology email. I worked it out. I talked to him over the phone. And through my boss, I was able to get permission to ship his order for free and not charge him anything for that particular order. And then the next few orders, I decided to make a plan where he was going to get 10% off of his shipping. And this is what it led to. It led to actually him being a loyal customer we're me and him are still close today and he's still one of the top 10 producing customers so if you have these examples and these star questions and these behavioral questions ready to go that will help in your interview have your make sure you write a thank you note after your interview a lot of times candidates skip this step and you can often let's say they had something about you an objection in the interview they said well i don't know if you had enough leadership experience or you know, I don't know if you have enough Excel experience or whatever. Sometimes in those emails, those thank you letters, you can prove what your objection is in those. And so in other words, um, one time somebody said, I don't really understand how you organize your business. And so what I did was, is I emailed them a copy of my business plan. 
and wrote a nice thank you letter and said, you know, I hope this helps you understand. Ultimately, I did get the job, but thank you letters are, are a critical part in, in sealing the deal with the interview. Talk about your books, give a brief description of what they contain for listeners who might want to check them out and also any other projects that you might have coming up, any speaking engagements or any podcasts that you might run or anything like that. Yeah, thank you so much for that. So, you know, the first book I talked about is, um, you know, how to meet the challenge of a new era in job interview, and it's called The Hot Seat. And that takes you from a phased approach. Phase one is the beginning, what to do before the interview. And then phase two is what to do during the interview, how to conduct yourself, what kind of questions will be asked, all that. And number three is what to do afterwards. So most people do one and two in their phase and their job interview, but they don't know to do number three. And that's close it out, what to do after you actually leave that seat with that hiring manager. And so that's my first book. The second book is don't be a zombie, how to find a career you love. You kind of touched on the beginning, 70% of people don't really like their jobs. And so if you find yourself unsatisfied with the line of work you're in and you don't really have answers, the book is actually gives you tactics, what to do day one, day two. It, I give you a 25-day plan of where to begin. I like to have plans. I'm a very somewhat organized person and I like to have action items, what to do. And the book lays out specific action items for you to do over time and why it's per, important for you to find true passion and purpose in your own career. And then just going on, you know, on Thursday, I have a Zoom meeting with the University of Southern Alabama. I'll be speaking to college students there about job interviewing. That's a particular hot topic right as they're entering into the marketplace. Uh, the podcast, you can watch me on YouTube, go on YouTube and type in Zach Ballinger. I have my YouTube channel there as well as Facebook, the Zach Ballinger. And the podcast before, you know, we take career questions too. So I forgot to mention that not only are we doing the career library, but also, you know, I have people from all over America and I find it really rewarding when somebody sends in a question and we have people send in questions all the time to Zach at ZachMallinger.com. If you have any career questions you want to ask I read those anonymously on air to my expert and me and the expert will weigh in and try to give you advice. And we do those shows once a week. So you're welcome to subscribe to the channel for free. Check out the career library as well as if you've got any questions for us and me and my expert that comes on every week, come in and join us. You mentioned Facebook and YouTube. Are you on Instagram and go ahead and give out your <laughs> website? Yeah. So listeners can connect with you. Thank you. I am on Instagram too. Instagram slash the Zach Ballinger and that's Z-A-C-K. And my website's going under construction right now, but it's up and it could be down any minute now, but that's where we'll be uploading the career library as well as some other free resources for you guys, the listeners. And that's ZachBallinger.com, Z-A-C-K, ZachBallinger.com. You can link to all my social media links as well there too. So give some final advice to all the people out there that are looking for a job. Let's say I'm going in for a job interview Friday and I came to you and said, Zach, I need some advice. Give me some final tips and advice along with the listeners about what to do to try to nail that top job that I've always dreamed of. 
Yeah, I would say, did you study your job description and do you have it memorized? Because a lot of times the Bible to the church is a metaphor I like to use. Your job description is your holy grail. It has all the answers on it if you think about it. And if you study that job description, you know exactly what they want in a person applying for that job. They give you the words oftentimes, must have strong written communication skills, must have strong analytical skills, must have this type of experience. And then the way that helps too is if you don't have that type of experience, Focus in on your strengths. You know, for some, for example, some business people, they say, well, Zach, this, this job description says I need the MBA. I say apply anyway. You know, that might be their A plus wish candidate list. But talk about your experience. Talk about what you've done in the volunteer world. Talk about what you've done there. Really highlight your strengths. So I would say get around, wrap your head around that job description. I would also say prepare some type of portfolio to bring with you to that interview, especially if you're going to a physical interview. What is a portfolio? It's got questions you're going to ask the hiring manager. You want to make sure when they say, hey, do you have any questions for me? You don't say, no, I'm good. You want to have thought-provoking questions and make sure they're good questions where you show you've done your homework and your research. And so do you have your questions prepared to ask the hire manager? Do you have notes? So when you ask questions, you write down what the hire manager is saying so you can reflect back to them when you're writing your thank you letter. Do you have a pen? Do you have a pad? Do you have a portfolio? Do you have several copies of your resume ready with you? So are you prepared for that when you go in there? And so that's going to be really key too. And then the last point I would say, if you're going in there and they've given you an assignment, make sure you've run that by several professionals in your network. They want you to do a presentation or they want you to do some type of problem solving skills. Make sure you've rehearsed that, you practice it, you prepared it, and you're ready to go. And then the final thing is, is connect with everybody on LinkedIn from the job interview. Make sure you even maybe want to send them a personal note on there as well as the thank you letter. One of my secret sauces is, is that I actually handwrite a thank you letter as well as an email letter. Uh, I send that relatively in a short period of time. So the thank you letter that's handwritten, I usually have three or four sentences ready to go. And I slip that on under the door. If I'm in the facilities or receptionist at the front, I'll hand it to her and have them give it to the hiring manager or the staff or the group interviewing that I was with. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Ballinger. Make sure you pick up his new book along with all his other books. Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Kerbal, I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure. And also listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.